Welcome to Music History Monday for July 31st, 2023. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is Nepo Babies. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash Robert Greenberg Music, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. Before we get to the actual date-related topic for today, I beg your indulgence as I need to tell you a story. It's a story that most of you know, at least in part. Again, indulge me. The Godfather Part 3, the third film in the storied Godfather franchise, released in 1990, was one of the most anticipated films of all time. And no wonder, the first of the Godfather movies, The Godfather, or G1, released in 1972, was nominated for 11 Academy Awards and received three including Best Picture and Best Actor for Marlon Brando. G2, released two years later in 1974, was also nominated for 11 Academy Awards, winning six of them, including Best Picture and Best Supporting Actor for Robert De Niro. So G3, The Godfather, Part 3 had a lot riding on it. Much of the casting was easy. Al Pacino returned in the role of Michael Corleone, Diane Keaton in the role of Kay Corleone, and Talia Shire in the role of Connie Corleone. But there were new roles to fill, none more important than Mary Corleone, the now grown-up daughter of the godfather himself, Michael Corleone. G3's writer and director, Francis Ford Coppola, born 1939, wanted Julia Roberts for the role of Mary Corleone. Unfortunately, Ms. Roberts was not available, so Coppola tested a number of other actresses for the part, including Madonna, whose own Italian heritage did not, in the end, help her to get the part. In the end, The part went to Winona Ryder. Born Winona Horowitz in Winona, Minnesota in 1971, Ms. Ryder grew up in Northern California and graduated from Petaluma High School in 1989 with a 4.0 average. The 18-year-old Ms. Ryder was up and coming at the time she was chosen for the role of Mary Corleone having scored major successes in the movies Beetlejuice in 1988 and Heathers in 1989. Ryder arrived at the G3 set in Italy and rehearsed for a day. The next morning, her boyfriend, a young actor named Johnny Depp, called in to say that Ms. Ryder was indisposed and unavailable. Her issues were, in fact, a bit more serious than that. Suffering from what was later diagnosed as nervous exhaustion, 
Ryder left the movie never to return after just that one day of rehearsals. Okay, I trust we all appreciate the expenses involved in having the cast and crew of a big-budget movie on set in a foreign country twiddling their thumbs and sitting on their collective rear ends with no female lead anywhere in sight. Coppola considered replacing Ryder with either Madonna, Annabella Sciorra, or Laura San Giacomo, but wasn't happy with any of those choices. Meanwhile, principal photography, which was slated to begin on November 15, 1989, there at Rome's Cinecittà Studios, Cinecittà Studios meaning Cinema City Studios, was pushed back three weeks, during which Coppola's ongoing expenses forced him to declare Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Francis Ford Coppola, who had not wanted to make a third Godfather movie in the first place, was pushed to the brink. He needed a female lead, and he needed her yesterday. So in his desperation, he made what turned out to be the worst decision of his career. He gave the role to his youngest child and only daughter, Sophia, born 1971. Aside from appearing as an extra in a few other of Coppola's films, she made her film debut as an infant in G1, Sophia Coppola had no acting experience. But she was on site, and she was daddy's little girl, and she got the part, and she wrecked the movie or so I, and pretty much everyone else, think. In giving the role of Mary Corleone to his daughter, Sophia, Francis Ford Coppola was accused of nepotism, which is defined as being, quote, the act of granting an advantage, privilege, or position to relatives or close friends in an occupation or field, especially by giving them jobs." Unquote. Now, please, in the spirit of full disclosure, we'd observe that Talia Shire, born 1946, who starred as Connie Corleone in all three Godfather movies, is Francis Ford Coppola's sister. However, like her nephew, Nicholas Cage, Ms. Shire built her career not by being Francis Ford Coppola's relation, but by being a fine actor. We cannot say the same thing for the acting career of Sophia Coppola. We will not, for now, consider whether nepotism played a role in Ms. Coppola's subsequent career as a filmmaker and director. We will simply observe that Zoetrope, Francis Ford's production company, has backed every one of Sophia's films and that by her own admission, she involves her father in her projects. Quote, she has said that she likes being independent but respects him and his suggestions, though in the end always makes the choice she feels is right for a given movie, unquote. Well, of course she does. Ms. Coppola has, in fact, 
had some success in the fashion and movie industries. She even won an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay in 2003 for Lost in Translation. Speaking for myself, it was a movie that put me into deep, rapid eye movement sleep within about 10 minutes of starting. But who am I to judge? Maybe I was just tired. Then again, maybe I was not. To the point, finally, the talent pool out there is wide and it is deep, and it is filled with smart, talented, ambitious people desperate for a shot in the movie industry, most of whom will never have the opportunity to show what they're capable of doing. Does any one of us seriously think that Sofia Coppola would have had the opportunities she has had if her father wasn't Francis freaking Ford Coppola? Sofia Coppola, for whatever her subsequent success, is an el primo example of a Nepo baby. Nepotism or Nepo babies? Music History Monday has never shied away from the controversial, from the contentious, from the provocative, and it will not today as we wade into the suddenly hot issue of Nepo babies, who are, quote, the children of celebrities who have succeeded in the same or adjacent career as their celebrity parents or other esteemed relatives. The implication is that, because their parents already had connections to an industry, the child was able to use those connections to build a career in that industry." Unquote. The term Nepo baby only became current in 2022 when it appeared on Twitter. From there, it went on to TikTok, where users took turns identifying various nepotism babies. New York Magazine then got into the act, publishing an extensive list of nepo babies and identifying 2022 as, quote, the year of the nepo baby, unquote. And generally, but accurately speaking, nepo babies piss the rest of us off because they are perceived as having an unfair advantage by those of us who've had to scratch and fight for every tiny scrap of what little we've managed to achieve. Nepo Baby stand as yet another reminder that life isn't fair. Moving along. We mark the birth on July 31st, 1946, 77 years ago today, of the drummer and singer Gary Harold Lee Levitch in Newark, New Jersey. Young Levitch's mother, Patty Palmer, was a professional singer who gave her son a set of drums when he was 15. At the age of 18, he formed a band with four friends. Since his mother was underwriting the band's equipment purchases, Levitch got top billing, and the band was called Gary and the Playboys. 
Young Levitch was not much of a drummer, and he was eventually replaced in his band by a drummer named Jim Keltner. Gary then became the band's lead singer. Unfortunately, by his own admission, he wasn't much of a singer either. Despite all of this, he managed to attain a remarkable degree of fame in the 1960s, a degree of fame entirely beyond his extremely modest abilities as a musician, modest even by the standards of a 1960s rock and roller. Young Levitch became famous thanks to the efforts of the American record producer Snuff Garrett, born Thomas Leslie Garrett, 1938 to 2015, who cleverly saw the band as an opportunity to capitalize off of Gary's father. The so-called king of comedy, the American comedian, actor, singer, filmmaker, and humanitarian Jerry Lewis, born Joseph Levitch, 1926 to 2017. Gary Lewis was a Nepo baby. In order to compensate for his weak singing voice on recordings, the producer Snuff Garrett, hey, is it just me, or is Snuff like the greatest nickname of all time? Yeah, in order to compensate for Gary's weak singing voice, Snuff Garrett overdubbed Gary's recorded singing voice with those of others, giving it a depth and a character it did not in reality have. Can we talk? Look, before moving on, I just want to make sure that the Gary Lewis fans out there who are presently sputtering with indignation understand where I'm coming from. I'm not saying that Gary Lewis is a bad guy. On the contrary, everything I've read and watched in preparing this post would seem to indicate that he's a really good guy. Neither am I saying that Gary Lewis is a bad musician, just a mediocre one, no better or worse than tens of thousands of others. But in a world defined by mediocrity, and let's face it, its nostalgia value aside, 1960s pop rock was, by definition, the essence of teen mediocrity. The question was simply which mediocrity out of those thousands was lucky enough to catch a break and get their 15 minutes of fame. Please, for every yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy, or in the year 2525, or this diamond ring that made the charts, there were innumerable songs and the bands that performed them that never got out of their respective garages. Everything else being more or less equal, perseverance notwithstanding, success was a matter of luck and connections. And any way we cut it, Gary Lewis's success was about his connection to his father. Dad. We should be, in fact, glad that Gary Lewis was able to bank some fame off of his father, because by his own admission, 
he didn't get much else from him. Sadly, and I hope I'm not bursting anyone's bubble here, Jerry Lewis was that quintessential archetype, the tortured clown. For those who knew him, he wasn't much of a human being or a father. According to the actor Elliot Gould, Jerry Lewis's Hollywood reputation didn't come close to matching the one he pushed in the media. Quote, he blatantly tells you on network television that he is the epitome of the socially conscious man, a great humanitarian. Actually, he's one of the most hostile and unpleasant guys I've ever seen, unquote. According to his youngest son, Joseph, who died of a drug overdose in 2009, Jerry Lewis was a cruel and abusive father, someone who, according to Joseph, quote, physically and mentally abused all his kids on a routine basis, unquote. According to his eldest son, Gary, speaking later in life, Jerry Lewis never showed any love, support, or care to him or his five siblings, and he called his father, quote, a mean and evil person, unquote. It was a sentiment apparently shared by Gary's five brothers, one that brought the ultimate retribution from their father. In his will, Jerry Lewis left everything to his second wife, Sandy Pitnick, and their adopted daughter, and disinherited entirely his six sons from his first marriage, including Gary, and all of his children's children, meaning his own grandchildren. Nice. However rotten was their relationship, it was still mutually beneficial for both Gary and Jerry to pretend affection during the 1960s heyday of Gary Lewis and the Playboys. The link provided with this post features an entire episode 50 agonizing minutes of The Jerry Lewis Show, which in its second incarnation was a variety show that aired on NBC from 1967 to 1969. The linked episode, which aired in 1969, features Gary Lewis and the Playboys, The Osmonds, a comedic skit about Nazis, replete with a swastika banner and a portrait of Adolf Hitler hanging on the walls, and a guest appearance from Lassie. Collectively, it's all an exercise in tastelessness, as embarrassing as losing one's bladder control in public, as funny today as a cold sore. Yes, we know that times have changed, but, but still. Not unexpectedly, Jerry Lewis makes something of a fool of himself in introducing his son's band. And Gary Lewis makes something of a fool of himself attempting to front the band live on stage. An interview, skit, and duet between Gary and Jerry follow the song. Watching Gary and Jerry Lewis perform together is, for me, frankly painful to say that the charisma-challenged, cardboard-like personality of Gary Lewis is dwarfed 
by that of his father is a crazy understatement. The entire episode, introduction, song, interview, skit, and duet, runs from 4 minutes and 47 seconds to 16 minutes and 24 seconds of the link. Enjoy it, if you can. Heaven bless him, Gary Lewis, Nepo Baby Supreme, who turns 77 years young today, continues to parlay his name into something resembling a music career. Yes, in 1971, his initial fame spent, the 26-year-old Lewis opened a music shop in the San Fernando Valley, where he gave drum lessons. Yes, in 1974, he attempted to stage a comeback by creating a new band called Medicine, but it was a total flop. But, in fact, Gary Lewis's time had not yet come, because in the end, it was nostalgia that rekindled his musical career. Billed as a so-called nostalgia act, he began touring again in the 1980s with various new incarnations of the Playboys. He appeared on his father's muscular dystrophy Labor Day telethons, including the 2010 telethon that was Jerry Lewis's last. We are told that as of 2022, quote, Gary Lewis and the Playboys are still touring the world on their own and occasionally with other popular acts of the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. The group performs on cruise ships, at casinos, festivals, fairs, and corporate events, unquotes. Oh, as a public service, Gary Lewis and the Playboys 2023 performance and cruise schedule has been linked. Jerry Lewis might not have left his son Gary anything in his will, but he did, in fact, give him something far more valuable, a name he could take to the bank his entire life. Gary Levitch Lewis, Nepo Baby Supreme. Happy birthday, dude. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.